On this episode of Bleak, I will be covering the senseless murder of Barway Collins, and Laura will be covering the boy in the box. Buckle your seatbelts. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. It's about to get bleak. So how's it going, Amanda? You know, we've been away for a minute. Yeah. So sorry about that. Life is crazy. Life is crazy. Yes. Just the children keep us on our toes. There's always so much going on. But yes. But this is definitely one of my true passions next to genealogy for me. Yeah, I'm number crime. one true crime. I know, I'm number two true crime. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? Genealogy great. kind of lumps into to, uh, true crime because of all the genetic it does. genealogy they're doing to solve cold cases. It does, and in this case, that is exactly what happened. Yes, I love a cold case solved by genetic genealogy. Yes. You know what my favorite thing is? What? Is when they, you know, they get the family tree they break yep. it down they're like it's one of these three dudes right right, right. it's usually a dude let's be right. honest yes and uh they have to like follow them and get their trash <laughs> i know stuff. i love I know. that i know isn't that it's great? like and then of wouldn't, course if it, you were not the perpetrator though wouldn't you find it weird if suddenly like there's it feels like you're being followed and like there's unless cars they're really around. like inconspicuous about it like they yeah really like you're not the perpetrator, but you're... Suddenly. Your brother is. <laughs> but your brother is. That's right. awful. Because that's what the situation right. would be. I right. Mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to lend my DNA if they thought my brother was the... Some s- terrible serial killer. killer or whatever. Yeah. A lot of these times, like, these guys are, like, living normal lives. And yeah. some of them never committed another crime that they no. at least got caught for. Right. They. I think they... Th- probably thought they were lucky to have gotten away with it yeah and now you got to imagine there are people shaking in their boots though knowing oh, that, that their, their case is gonna come up eventually yeah they yeah. probably are people that are are quite scared one other right. thing i wanted to talk about quick before we start and they should be how about those idaho murders of the four college students. Oh my gosh. Isn't that just That's nuts? insane. It's bananas. It is. A real life. That is like, and it's so scary because it is. it's, it just seems odd to me. Like if it was targeted, why would they happen to have issues with all four of those people? Right. They, Cause they, and There's they didn't, no and two of them, it. two of them hung out together that night, like in, we're at a party or something. Yeah. And then the other two did. So if like the whole idea of somebody following them home, right. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like no. why would they kill the other two? Right. It does. It doesn't. The entire thing is very mystifying. So it'll be interesting to see what's uncovered. Good thing the FBI is working with them too, because yeah. the very next day, the Idaho police department, it's called Moss. It's not. It's Moscow, but it's they call it Moscow. I oh, think. Interesting. It's spelled like Moscow, Russia, but I guess they pronounce it Moscow. But oh. they came out like the next day, and they're like saying they cleared the other roommates that were oh. home, and it's like, 
But how you can't, and then they kind of like backtracked, saying like, "Oh, there was, was... there's no threat to the public." And then the next day, they're like, "Well, there is a threat to the public." A threat to the public. It's like four really lots of people. Yeah, I mean, you know, to say there's no threat to the public. To me, there's a lot of threat to the public. You know, somebody, (laughs) and I do think it's odd that two roommates were completely untouched. Right. You know, right. doesn't that you can't clear them that quickly? Yeah, exactly. You just you, you can't. can't. You can't. You can't. So uh, anyhow, I just wanted to not unless they were like out of the state or something, but they weren't. No, they were there. They, they know that. There. Yeah, <laughs> they know that for right. a fact. Right. So, so anyhow, well, and then I guess to not sorry to go on about this, but the nine one one call it was one of the roommates. First, he called someone else and he said, you know, Billy Bob is unconscious. Would you not see like all the? It was a the other a hor- horrible stabbing, right? These right. Were, they're all stabbed horrifically. You think they're just passed out? <laughs> right, right. That There's is blood not. All over. That oh, is not normal. Up. No, it that, isn't. there's something weird about that. Yeah. So, so it'll it will be very interesting to see what they uncover as time time goes on. However, I will say people do react in such different ways. No, and I agree. It's you like can't... their their mind doesn't want to believe what they're seeing. Well, right. Kind of you know like in mean? the Betsy Freya case when he's like, my right. wife committed suicide. Right. I actually watched another case. It was the exact same thing where yeah. the police got super suspicious because the, it was a guy, uh, like an 18-year-old that discovered his mom dead in the bathtub. Right. And he immediately was like, oh my gosh, my mom killed herself. And they were like, the police made it in this huge thing and suspected him because of him thinking right. that. Right, it's like if you report the wrong thing. But how do you know? You're just walking in on this traumatic situation. Yeah. So it so could have been something along those lines. So if you're a police officer and you work homicide, don't be suspicious because of that just in no. and of itself. No, that's ridiculous. That's my uh, public service announcement. I'm not, you know, I might not be an expert in, you know... Manners of death. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I might think, oh my gosh, bloody nose. Like, Bob always had bloody noses. Well, and and then the the case I was watching, you know, her hands had been bound, but he didn't see it right away. Oh. He didn't see her hands. Right. And then after, later in the call, he goes, oh my gosh, I think she was actually murdered. Right. But they still, oh, well, how could he have gone in there and think his mom killed herself? I'm just like... Well, what is with you guys in this? Right. right. Anyhow. They're judging on these these immediate reactions to things. When, If I walk, you know, who knows what I'll think happened to them. Don't even ask me what happened to them. <laughs> Just come. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Bob is dead. Okay, come. Well, I suppose they want to know. They need information. They're like, the police are going to be in danger when they arrive. I suppose. Yeah. Like, and they're, like you that. know. But, yeah. I mean, no. There's no. I'm the only one here. Something is wrong. Come. Yeah. Like, who who cares how it happened? We don't know that yet. <laughs> you know? We don't. We have no way to know that yet. All right. Okay. So, anyhow, um, Laura's going to start this week. And yeah. She's going to be doing the boy in the box I should know more about this case, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. At so all. this this case has been widely publicized. I've you know, as ever as a lot of people, I've heard about this for years and years here and there, um, and it's been on many, you know, podcast programs. Um, it's also you know there have been books about it as well. Um, so uh, 
the gist of what happened here is that back um, on February 25th, 1957, a, a boy was found um, in Fox Chase or Chase Fox. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not uh, remembering the name of the town. Um, so it was in Philadelphia. I was kind of like right in an area of Philadelphia. It's either Fox Chase or Chase Fox. I think it's Fox Chase. Anyways, um, and so a boy was found in a box in a wooded area. Um, now this box, it w interestingly enough, uh, I've always found it interesting. It was a bassinet box. The boy, they concluded, was between four and six years old. Um, he was severely malnourished, severely beaten. Um, so extremely sad, just an, an incredibly... So abused. Very abused, yeah. Yeah, very, very abused. Um, but one, one thing they did notice is he had surgical scars. Um, he had a surgical scar on his groin. Um, he also had a surgical scar on his ankle. Um, which indicate at some point he had had medical care, medical care, um, to the point of having, you used know, different um, surgeries, groin scars, because one of my kids had this, mm -hmm. um, is very common for a child that had an inguinal hernia around the oh. time of birth, which oh, is a common in premature babies, especially. Yeah. Um, and then they end up having like little Liam has two little marks. On his from that on either side yeah so uh yeah anyhow that could have been what it was yeah um so sorry there's somebody there's like a weird person <laughs> that pulled up to the house they were like waving or something and i was like hello <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if a crime got caught on a podcast? <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. We can sit here and explain detail for detail. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> uh, but a crime was not caught on a podcast today, thank goodness, because I don't, I don't want to do that today. That could be a Did hit, another day, maybe, but then but... we would probably be dead and <laughs> we wouldn't be able to release it. So, yeah, how would we release it? That would be really difficult to release if we were not alive. <laughs> Let's see. So, Maybe we could just barely survive. Yeah, that yeah, that happens. <laughs> let's let's just barely survive. No, I'd like to full on survive. Full <laughs> That's on. true. I don't want to be like have a major uh head trauma or anything. No, no. Or be in a wheelchair, no thanks, or be blind or something. Uh uh. So Okay, so this this uh, boy was found he's got these surgical scars um of course he the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head um and they spent years just investigating this case so it was they they um for it this was old timey stuff okay well, sure 1957 yeah. that was the year wasn't that your mom was born yes 57. it was yeah. it was yeah so yep. 65-ish years ago. Yep, so it was 65 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So in order to to make him 
you know, maybe recognizable to people. They like sat him up in a chair, <laughs> took pictures, and put him places. <laughs> that is bizarre. But I've yeah. heard, I've heard uh... in the old days. Okay, yeah. do you have you heard about uh, who Speedy is? You know who Speedy is? No. Okay, I have to go off on another tangent. That's I okay. apologize. Our cases okay. are kind of short this week, so yeah. we can do that. Yes, we can. Okay, yeah. so I heard about this thing. This I don't know if you really call it a case, but it was a guy named Speedy. Yes. And he, um, there was, so there was somebody in the society, this was like a long time ago. Oh, sure. And he wanted to do an experiment or a, like a test on preserving a body, right? He had oh, sure. some new preservative. Right. Um, not formaldehyde, but something similar. Something else. And so yeah. he wanted a body to test it out on, and this, this oh. guy named, they called him Speedy. Yes. He oh. ended up dying, right? Right. And he didn't have anybody, I guess he couldn't afford the burial type thing, and this was back in the day, right. so this... Like, donate your body This guy was like, took it upon himself to like, take Speedy's body or whatever. Right. And he put, he preserved him in this whatever chemical to see how long, like how it would work. Right. And so there's this town where this girl was saying like part of her childhood is all the kids would go to like this person's house and Speedy would <laughs> would be Jeez. there. And like that was like one of their school field trips. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine to go see this guy Speedy? And I'm listening to this. I'm like, this can not be true. There's no way. This is field true. Trip. And hey kids, your parents <laughs> sign a permission slip. Bring your kids to go see that. <laughs> to go see Speedy. Yeah. And it was like normal. And she and then the girl who had she'd submitted the story to uh like to something. And the girl was like, yeah, I didn't realize how abnormal it was <laughs> until, time. yeah, she's like, until I was at work, like, years later, right. and I was telling a coworker about it, and the coworker was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so, you can go online. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just, I'm gonna Google it here. Yeah. This poor man, and he's like, in, they have him dressed up like in a tux. Oh. Jeez. Oh. What do you even look up? Speedy dead body. Oh, okay. There he is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> is that today? I mean, it, I, this is in, um, yeah, he drowned in the Ohio River. And that's sad enough. His name is Speedy Atkins. The, oh. And Poor apparently. Oh, he was finally buried in 94. Yeah. So when did he die? 66 years. So they did this for 66 years. 1928, he died and they buried him in 94? And these people, the parents, uh, or the children of the person that invented the preservative. Right. He was, like, left in as, like, uh, something in their will Ish. to his children. Oh. And finally, his children were like... We're not gonna take him. We're gonna go ahead and and do the do the ethical thing <laughs> right. here. Bury him. So yeah, isn't that wild? That is wild. Yeah. So In anyway. 1949, as well, Velma took custody of Adkins' body. She kept it for another 45 years. <laughs> like really. Can you just imagine this custody. is like in your house, and yeah, like 
kids would go to the house as a field trip and visit this <laughs> like stuffed body or whatever you want to say of this dude. Poor Speedy. Oh, I know. Poor guy. And clearly it worked pretty good. He was fishing and fell in the Ohio River. <gasps> wow. Oh. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> he was only 53. Oh. So. I mean, he didn't look very good in the picture. So it just That insane. was his preserved dead body. <laughs> how can you judge how well he looked based on that? I'm just saying that... I don't feel like it was like super preserved. Like well, you know what I mean. Well, and then my like thought is, did this? Of. What is this preservative? Is right. It something that did he did you determined didn't work very well, is or it better than formaldehyde? I, evidently not, because nothing. I don't think came of it. But anyhow, interesting. So that yeah, if you're if you want to check look into that, uh, it's uh, Speedy is the gentleman's name. Next time I'll have to interject next podcast maybe about um <laughs> an equally disturbing gentleman i found in my husband's tree by accident oh dear oh, yes man enema we'll just say the word enema and then um next time maybe i i will that's a long kind of a longer one but there weren't any deaths so i don't want to do it as a case <laughs> particularly sure. it's a lot of cases but anyways the disturbing people you find in your family tree they could um, have a whole episode you know, on that you can't choose your family <laughs> you cannot you just can. your i'll tell you that right you cannot though i love my family but i i mean there are members way out there that you're just like wow <laughs> and stories and so anyways, okay, so we've got the boy, back to the boy in the box. Yes, back to the case at hand. <laughs> okay, so they find his, his this this boy in this bassinet box, severely bruised, beaten, very sad. So for 65 years they have been um, trying to find, uh, you know, who killed this boy. They figured at first if they, you know, got his picture out there and the details and, and everything that maybe somebody would come forward. You know, they thought, oh, this, you know, someone eventually will come forward and we'll figure out who this is. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever did. Well, here's my thought on that, too, is, like, you have to imagine his parents might be involved. And if they right. don't want anyone to know about it, they're probably going to go to great lengths to... Oh, yeah, there's his head. Cover See? it up. Yeah. She's showing me a picture. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. So, um, a couple, a couple things. Um, so over the years, as time goes on, um, you know, there's of course various theories that, um, sure. You know uh, about who, where this boy came from, who could have killed him, and so about a mile and a half ish away from the. Uh, where the box was discovered, there was a foster home. Um, huh, and at one point, a, a renowned psychic, Remington Bristow, um, uh, he led the, the police to this foster home. Well, it turned out they were able to 
you know, figure out based on records, etc., that everyone in the foster home was accounted for. There were like eight children. They were all accounted for. So they were like, okay, not the foster home. Ooh, that's a shocker that the psychic didn't get him to the right place. <laughs> no, they this in this case the psychic did not work out. <laughs> so then many years later, this is in 2002. Yeah, that's crazy. This woman comes forward, says her name is Martha. Um I do know her last name, but um she's unidentified on a lot of um the shows, so I won't reveal her last name just because I don't want I don't, I don't know. It's just not really it's, pertinent. It's not pertinent. Anyways, Martha comes forward, and she says that um, her mother, way back in the day, um, so she's saying that in 1957-ish, or somewhere in that, 1956, 57, her mother purchased the boy um, from parents who who from his birth parents oh no 1954 she said the that her parents or her mother purchased this boy um that was cognitively disabled um and that the mom abused him um and killed him and forced her to assist in dumping the body um, so, so that's one theory. Um, the other, the other thing is when the boy was discovered, there were clumps of hair on him, uh, leading people to believe that his hair had been, which it must've been, been cut post-mortem. So some people thought perhaps he was raised as a girl, hmm. like by somebody who was mentally ill or, you know what I mean? Like, but, um. So anyways, that was one of the other theories. And there have been all kinds of theories over time that, and all kinds of very false, you know, people coming forward, etc. Now, the, when the boy was identified this week, it turns out his name was uh, Joseph August Zarelli. Augustus. Or Augustus, yes. Joseph Augustus Zarelli. And when you look into this you find out that um the father because they haven't released this yet but i did was looking on um because <clears throat> i of course went on to ancestry and try you know found all the zarellis in the area and went okay has to come from this family so i look here i go on to uh findagrave.com And because I'm trying, I'm, I'm putting this, put it, doing this in real time. So my bad. Here we go. So that's not on here anymore. They've taken it off. So, anyways, there was, he was linked. To a family? To a family on there. And the, the father's name was Augustus. Um, that, 
and they're saying hold judgment. And then there was a mother on there as well who was somebody who had been married to this guy for many, many, many years. Um, and But when you look into it deeper, you find out that they the marriage wasn't until a few years after um, this boy would have been born. So then it must be a case where perhaps he, it was a baby out of wedlock. So he's the father. They said it came from a prominent family and this is not a prominent family. The Zarelli family, not a prominent family. So I'm wondering if the female must be the prominent family, the mother. Sure. Um, and so they're say what the, the, they said on here was to hold judgment um, until all the facts are in. So it's possible the dad didn't even know about him or did know about him, but they decided to part ways or give him up. Well, even the mom was cheating or something. Right. Who knows? Who and knows? That, you know, and that's so taboo back in the day. Especially, well, out know, of wedlock was taboo back you know, in yeah, the day. And he well. would have been quite young when he was born. So I'm thinking it was a teenager, probably, situation, out of wedlock type of situation. Um, <clears throat> perhaps something like that. And maybe an unwed mother's home. Who knows? But the boy must have ended up in being adopted or something and so it's those people who would then be responsible for it you know the right wouldn't the, be the biological wouldn't be the biological people. parents it is interesting right. that it's been taken off of ancestry though. <laughs> yeah it was taken like off of here somebody didn't want it there no no it must maybe the fan who knows who it was um but it was linked before so oh here he is Huh. But you see, they've taken off the boy in the box. What is his relationship to him? So, so here we go. It says, and the message on here is to please refrain from jumping to conclusion based on today's announcement on December 8th. Wait for the details to run their course. Please also refrain from adding flower, da 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 da. And I have no control, you know. So they were saying. So everybody real quick in the genealogical community figured out who well, yeah. who it was. Um, so they're saying this is his dad? That's his father, yeah. yeah. Huh. And he died in 2014. And this is the woman that he married. And then these are the other kids. The interesting, one of the interesting facts is the two that died as babies... One of them had like malformations and things, and the other died of prematurity. But so you wonder if maybe the there was some kind of deformation, genetic, genetic deformation type situation going on, and maybe he had the cognitive impairments, and you know, uh, you know, because of because of that. Um, and so <clears throat> the other possibility is because the the DNA that was found, you know, could really be one of his siblings as well. And I think he has a sister too. Um, well, there's others. There's lots of there's lots of others. So, I mean, it could have been 
one of his siblings. I guess we don't know that for sure yet. Nobody knows. It's I don't know how everybody figured out it was exactly him. The other thing was, oh, one one interesting fact is when the boy was found, he was found with a handkerchief that had the letter G on it. Hmm. He went by Gus, but so did his dad. So that is another interesting fact. I mean, we don't know for sure that he didn't play a role or that the, you know, that they didn't... Yeah, I mean, I think I get the whole, like, let's wait till the facts come out, though. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. But it's interesting to the, speculate. The fact that they had, what, four other kids that are alive and well... Right. To me says, like, well... I mean, yes, there are cases where parents only abuse, like, one or two of their kids. Right. That does happen, where they, like, have, like, a scapegoat or a specific child that they target for whatever reason. Right. But it does seem a little strange that the you know the siblings would be normal and not abused unless they were abused and we don't know it. Right. Well, in the Reddit community, and who knows? You know yeah, what I mean? Take it with a grain. <laughs> of take salt. it with a super grain of salt. Um, <clears throat> they're saying that the the siblings, and I don't know where they came across this information, said that they had no idea um, of his existence. Of his existence. Which leads back to the it was probably an unwed parent type of situation back in the 50s. Wasn't popular. Was he the firstborn child? Yeah. What was his... Th- in, in the oh, birth order. in the birth in order. He would have been. Yeah. Yep. Because if we look at this... Here and that, we... See, that to me makes more sense in them maybe giving him up based on... How old would the dad have been at the time of oh, his here he birth? Is. That is him. He is linked on here. Nineteen. They just changed him from the boy in the box to oh to his name to his name. So he would have been way before the other. He was born in fifty three. Right. And and there were other kids that then, are still alive though. Is the thing, but they they are younger. The siblings are younger. The siblings are younger. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't the firstborn. He was the firstborn. Oh I, yeah, they would be younger. I don't know yeah. what I'm no, thinking. No, that's okay. Yeah. I'm slow today. So it'll be very interesting to see how this case plays out. I just found it really awesome that after 65 years, they were able to um, st- figure this out with genetic genealogy. And they said that they're still, of course, going to pursue this like an active case because they don't know yet. You know what I mean? They're They're investigating how this who this boy was living with at the time was it a family member was it was he adopted was he purchased they and some people think that's where that woman's story comes in you know she purchased this boy in 54 you know this martha sure even though she is mentally ill she still did have a distinguished career do you know what i mean yeah like um so perhaps this Martha's story picks up there where where her mother really did kill him and make her help and da 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 you know I mean that could be where the story picks up with her after I mean if the, if the siblings are saying they never knew about it mm-hmm. I it's hard to believe that they had a baby I mean, I guess if the siblings are all younger, then it's possible. Anything's no. possible, yeah. really. Yeah. But I do think waiting 
to till it all comes out as a good oh, idea yeah. before passing any judgment. Right, I mean, and that's why I'm definitely I can't judge anything on the situation. I just think that it's very interesting how this might have all played out and that they were able to find the genetic connection after 65 years. Um, and it was, um, and the gentleman, in, in, I was reading an article, the gentleman in the family is like a, I want to say a second cousin or his, what would have been one of his mom's first cousins, something like that was contacted by a genetic genealogist who said we're trying to solve this boy in the box case and of course he has no idea what the, who right. the heck that is or what's going on and of course he's like yes we'll we will help with this and then he talked to his mom who's older very delicately like this is this is the story sure i mean can you imagine if one of your kids walked up to you and said we need your dna for this reason you know like but of course they did it and then yeah. there was the genetic link was very, it, it made it easier to figure out who it was. So yeah. it'll be interesting over, over time to see, um, how, how this goes. Um, so it, it, they just said, and this may just be a relative using a family given name and not the actual father, which could be true. It could be a different member of the family. So we don't we don't know yet. It we do know that it's probably from that family, but which could it have been? Maybe the father wasn't in the picture, and so it's one of the sisters. I mean, nobody. I guess they they don't wouldn't know that at this time. Because everybody's deceased. Yeah, so. they'll figure it out. Though. They will figure it out, but it'll be neat to see what transpires. What transpires? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, up well. next, Colin Barway or Barway Collins. I keep saying his name backwards. <laughs> well, it's not a common name. It isn't. It no. isn't. All right. So I'm covering the the case of uh, the murder, the disappearance, and the murder of Barway Collins. Um, this is not a case that it did get attention back when it happened in 2015, but nothing is really, nobody has really covered this since that time. No, I mean, you don't see any. I've there were no podcasts. I, I searched it trying to find when I was doing research because I like to listen to other podcasts and try to, or watch documentaries and stuff to get you know multi have multiple sources and there was one podcast that was from several years back that kind of covered it but it was more of like a local news type thing and it was a lawyer who was just didn't really have he it wasn't very informative right so um pretty much all the information came from from newspaper articles from yeah. back in 2015 yeah. Um, but eventually I was able, you know, to find more information. It was difficult though, finding information on his background. Right. And, uh, but I, I did find out, you know, most of that. So, um, Barway Collins, he was, uh, 10 years old at the time he was murdered. So this is a child murder, which is very horrible. Always. Um, not to state the obvious, but it's extremely sad. Um, so Barway was born November 10th, 2004, and he was actually born in Liberia. 
Um, Barway's mother was a woman named Louise. And um, according to Louise, her last name is Carlua. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Louise Carlua says that um, she actually had Barway when she was only 15. Okay. And how it happened was a man named Pierre Collins was teaching her French. Okay. Pierre. Pierre. Okay. Pierre. <laughs> yes. That's a very French name. with a Pierre. And uh, <laughs> Pierre was teaching her French, and he was 23. Okay. And she says, and, you know, there is a little language barrier. So I, because per her quote, she goes, he just started petting me. So my assumption is she meant like he was like all of a sudden just started like touching her head. Right. Like stroking her hair. Right. And, and then uh, she said he raped her essentially oh. during one of their uh, lessons. Oh. And so this is, you know, she's, his birth story is traumatic from the beginning. Right. So she's 15. Um, she says that Pierre wanted her to have an abortion and she just wasn't no. that's not something that she wanted to do right and um the mother actually said she named him edwin when he was born oh so i don't know if the father changed his name but after that he's always gone by barway oh so interesting the mother you'll see if you read on read up on the case will sometimes call him edwin so it can get a little confusing but right um, that was the name she gave him. I don't think, you know, as a 15-year-old unwed girl that was sexually assaulted, I'm sure she didn't have a lot of say in anything. No. And, Especially um, in Liberia. I mean, I Well, don't and know it's, what... you know, I looked up what the age of consent is in Liberia, and yeah. I kind of went in with this notion that it was going to be something terrible, like, it's going to be like 12 or something. Right. And actually their age of consent is 18. Oh, really? And they don't even have a law if it's like, they call it like Romeo and Juliet laws. Like if, say, a kid is 19 and the other one's 17. Right. Or something like that. Right. We have laws like that here to prevent right. prosecution for those kind of relationships. Right. Liberia doesn't even have a law like that. Oh. Now, granted, culturally and Liberian people are awesome, so I'm not they saying are. anything terrible oh, yeah, about absolutely. them, but I do think culturally that um, in Liberia, and this was only, you know, seven years ago, right. um, but I don't know that cases like that were going to be being prosecuted. Right. I don't, th you know, he clearly never got in trouble for right. for it. For that. And right. uh, a 15-year-old cannot consent. Right. So... He, regardless of even if he were to lie and say it was consensual, she right. legally cannot cons consent. Right. So either way, I mean that that's a, a sad situation. Yeah. But uh, regardless, you know she had Barway and she she loved him. But Liberia, um, I don't know the specifics of all the issues Liberia has had, but I know they had a like a civil war at one point. Yeah. And a lot of people fled Liberia to Minnesota in particular. Minnesota right. is actually um, has a very high number of Liberian immigrants. Right. And um, I've worked with many actually. Yeah, I have and, as um, well. Yeah. I actually worked with a guy whose son was killed over there. Oh. Um, so it's, it so the reason that. Uh, Barway and 
Pierre ended up coming to the United States was because of um, how bad it was in Liberia. Because I'm sure people are thinking, well, you know, why would she let him go to right. America with this bad guy? Right. But, she, you know, she was kind of picking between two bad situations. Right. If she left him there, he might get killed in the given what's going on over there. Right. So... So she said... Okay. She, she, you know, she wanted him. There's this perception of America that he could live the American dream, and right, and you know, and he could have, he could have. That's true. I mean, that's it, the... it wasn't going so well up, you know, up until the point that he right. was killed. But right, so um, Barway ended up coming to America with his father as a young boy. I don't know exactly when. And mom stayed. Why and mom, mom stayed? stayed. I don't think. Well, they weren't together. Number one. Oh. And I just don't think they were. She was able to for various reasons. Like didn't have a passport, whatever the thing. Was. There, were, yeah, it wasn't because she didn't want to. I think she just wasn't able to. Right. So, in terms of uh, Pierre Collins, there is information out there that he was married at least one time, you know, after he came to the United States. Oh sure. To a woman named Jennifer Beaver. Okay. And this Jennifer Beaver said after they divorced, she actually wanted Barway to live with her, and she actually petitioned the court for custody of him. Right. Because she always kind of got the impression that Pierre just was, like, bothered by him. Right. You know, he just was saw him as kind of a nuisance. A nuisance. Yeah. And, uh, but for whatever reason, Pierre would not allow that to happen. Oh. Um, so he was living with his dad and then at the time of the disappearance and murder uh pierre did was married so barway did have a stepmother and she i believe had a couple of young children that lived in the they actually lived in an apartment okay um so that's kind of the family dynamics that were in place at the time right so i'm gonna jump to the day that you know, the, this kind of started. So on March 24th, 2015, um, the police get a call from Pierre Collins at 6.37 p.m. saying that Barway never came home from school. Oh. And first of all, I think the police right off the bat were a little suspicious because he's 10 years old. And right. if the school bus, you know, came at, Two thirty or three o'clock, waiting three and a half hours seemed like a really long time. Yeah, that's and a lot. So time. right off the bat, because you know, it's a, we're talking about a child here. Right. So, I feel like if my kid never got off the school bus, I maybe would have made some calls to right. make sure he didn't go to a friend's house. Right. But beyond that, I don't. I really. I. I feel like that's is suspicious it's a long time it's a long time and um so anyhow regardless that's what happened he called at that time and so the police immediately you know at this point he's a missing person or missing child right um so the police of course the first thing they do is they check with the school to make sure he attended school that day and he had and then they check the, um, so apparently he rode home on like a school van, they called it. Oh, okay. And at one point, 
they called him a vulnerable child. I don't, you know, children are innately vulnerable, right? Right. So I don't know if they're just saying because he was a child he was vulnerable or if he had extra right. issues or disabilities that made him, you know, more vulnerable than an average child. Right. But uh, he did, you know, he was dropped off in this, this van, they called it, a school van. So he might have had a special transportation. Yeah. yeah. Um. And though, you know, not that it's really that relevant, but right. I think maybe whomever did this wasn't planning on that maybe having surveillance because right. it did have surveillance. Yeah. So right. they check with the driver, and the driver says yes. You know, he was on the bus or on the in the van, and they the surveillance. Um, there was surveillance in the van, and it actually had audio as well, oh. which is unusual. Yeah, Usually, it, is it unusual. doesn't. Yeah. So. One thing to note is as they were pulling up to, like, the apartment building where Barway lived, Barway, you can hear him saying, oh, look, there's my dad. And as if, so clearly that implies he saw his dad. Right. Whether he was standing there, whether he was in a vehicle, you know, that's not clear. And then um, he says, oh, and my uncle's here too. Oh. Now... I don't even I I don't know if Pierre Collins has a brother that lives nearby or even one that lives in America. But it is like apparently Liberians tend to use the term uncle to describe many different relationships so, so loosely. Very loosely like yeah. yeah, your dad's friend you might call uncle. Right. So people were just saying, you know, you can't assume he's talking about his father's brother. Right. Whereas Maybe I'm not, you know, the only person I'm calling uncle are my uncles. Right. So <laughs> that's a different, you know, just a cultural thing. Right. Um, so after they determined that um, he was on, you know, the transport van, their thought, or, you know, he had arrived back to his apartment at least, you know, of course they're thinking, well, it makes them suspicious of his dad unless he was like abducted immediately from the residence before right. he even got inside. So they knew the dad saw him when he got home. Right. And the, the dad is, is denying, at that point he's denying that he's saying that he never, like he didn't see him. But he didn't count on that surveillance. Right. And I don't think he knew, you know, he's saying that before they, they got that, they checked the surveillance um so he is just you know uh, he's just a missing child at this point and they do you know they're focusing on the dad because he's just making inconsistent statements and he did fail a polygraph oh okay so they polygraphed him and he failed and he's still denying doing anything at that point and saying that he failed the polygraph because he was nervous, which is possible. It's possible. Not likely, Not but possible. Likely. I mean, yeah. um, And then, so the big thing with this case is the cell phone records um, from March 24th, the day this happened. Right. The dad, Pierre Collins, he says that... Um, he never left his residence on March 24th. Right. But cell phone records were pinging off an area near the Mississippi River in Brooklyn Park. Oh. By the way, this, um, 
Pierre Collins and Barway and his family were living in an apartment in Crystal, Minnesota. And that is a like a suburb of Minneapolis, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's this discrepancy because he's saying, you know, I never left my house. And they're saying, well, your cell phone is putting you by the Mississippi River. Right. And he, uh, Pierre Collins was basically just like, well, I don't know the why that would be. He just had no, no and explanation. And being by the Mississippi, too, that's really... You know, for the I mean, it's not good. No, it's not at all. But this gave them somewhere to start, right? Because they're like, well, unfortunately, he could have used the river as you know for something terrible, right? So that's where they started. They started searching the riverbanks and the surrounding areas. There were hundreds of volunteers. I remember when this happened. Um, the dad was on Nancy Grace. You know, and she was uh, doing her interrogation as she does. And right. he, you know, was denying, denying, denying. And um, they start uh, going through, you know, they had already done, like, the location analysis on the phone. Right. And then now they're they're checking through, like, his calls and his text messages. Now, mind you, this a lot of this stuff takes time. You know, they don't get phone analysis done in a day you know it takes days to have someone actually like investigate it all and right figure out what's important and what's not right. um and something that they found to be extremely interesting is two days before barway disappeared pierre placed a call to a life insurance company um, verifying that he had coverage on his children and then also requesting to increase Barway's policy from a $30,000 policy to a $50,000 policy. And he actually made a payment on the plan or on, you know, for the life insurance. Not suspicious at all. Well, another question I have Jeez. is, is it common to have life insurance on your children? Well, I do have a small policy, I believe, through my employer where it's like $5,000. And it's in the event that they something the, the unthinkable were to happen so that we could pay for a funeral. And I think that's sure. the only amount we, we would have. I mean, it's nothing where, you know. Nothing. I've just never heard it's of somebody like thousands and mil thousands upon thousands of dollars. Right, because you're not you shouldn't go through your life thinking your kids are gonna die before you. No, no, so... exactly. It's just something my work does. It's a No, and benefit. I and that this is like an intentional policy that he's taken out. Yeah. No um, I mean I, have, I I think people do do that, but I don't I've not, I, I mean, don't. I don't think it's a common thing, but no, we could no. be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't, haven't so asked people. after they find out about that phone call to the life insurance company, the police are, like, really suspicious. They have no reason, they have no indication that anybody else is involved other than, you know, they're trying to figure out who this uncle person is because right. they've never been able to find out who he was referring who was to. with the dad. Right, Someone because was with the dad, it, he was yeah, it? they don't know even to this day that they they don't know. So, so someone someone 
else might have okay. been involved. Right. It's very possible. So sad. Um, so, you know, weeks go by. They're not finding anything. Um, finally, on April 11th, so this is about four weeks after he disappeared, a group of Boy Scouts who were participating in the search. Now, I thought this was a little weird. <laughs> like, your kid's in the Boy Scouts and they're going searching for dead bodies? <laughs> I didn't know that was one of their activities, but is this like a badge? Do you get a badge? If you no. discover it, do you get the badge? I mean, that's a little strange. Yeah, I, I was like, and I read that in multiple places. So this, oh. he was found, unfortunately, his, his uh, body was found by a group of Boy Scouts who were participating in the search for him. Oh. Well, and, he, I, and I mean, I do... Say they're short on volunteers, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you think that'd be really traumatizing, I, you for know, one thing. If my son was in the Boy Scouts and they said, we're going to do this, I would have to think about it. You know? <laughs> I, I guess I'd ask my child, like, do you want to participate in this? Do you realize what you might find? <laughs> right. Like, you'd have to have a really heavy discussion before actually allowing them to and do And they this. found him in the Mississippi River, oh. which... You know, that's right. kind of where all fingers were pointing at that point. Now, I had read that they believe he was initially placed in, like, a storm sewer. Oh. And that he ended up, somehow ended up where he was found. Right. Um, like, he was just found floating kind of on the banks of the river. Right. Um, Barway's feet were bound together with duct tape, and then there was... Uh, duct tape around his torso but oh. there was no obvious like he hadn't been shot he hadn't been stabbed there was no obvious like manner of death at that point right um so another thing that's really interesting in terms of pierre collins is he went so the morning of barway's disappearance he was in court for child support, a child support case involving his children that he had with another woman. Oh. So he so he's basically being sought after for child support. Right. He's unemployed. He has been for some time so and apparently he, he was keeping that a secret like like from his current wife didn't know. And so he was really in a bind, you right. know, there he's, one person's going after him for child support, which he's not employed. So at some point that could be a criminal case. Right. You have, I mean, it's not, they do go after people at times for that. Right. And then on top of it, you know, he's not working. Right. So, and this was the day of his disappearance because the issue here is when you're talking about premeditation. Right. I think it's very evident that it was premeditated. Oh, Based yeah. on the life insurance, based very on the fact that he was in court, based on, the, and after he went to court in the morning, his phone pinged off that site in the Mississippi River that he later went to later in the day. So it's like he went to court and he's like, he's, how am I going to do this? You know, what am yeah. I going to, So he started scouting for a spot. Right. And he had already, two days prior, you know, he upped his policy on Barway in particular. Oh, yeah. And, um... 
this is an obvious premeditation. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because some of the articles are, you know, well, we'll never really know for sure because, you know, spoiler alert, he does confess, but his story is not consistent with premeditation, unfortunately. But it's, to me, it's so obvious it that is. it was. I mean, how could you... I mean, you can't really... I mean, it's... I mean, if it weren't for those factors of having gone to court and calling the life insurance, yeah, maybe I could see, you know, it was just a spur of the moment, I'm going to do this because I really need the money, just a sudden thing. Well, but, but these are the facts. This is what he, he did. He did these things. He did call the life insurance company. And, and how obvious could you be? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, he was, I don't think he had a good knowledge base of what the police can, can are able to find out. Right. I don't think, they did say he tri- he likely tried to put his phone on airplane mode for like an hour. Oh, but thinking he, that would help. His uh, phone was connecting with like Wi-Fi locally. Right. So they were able to, you know. You'd have to like shut it off all the way. You just, and I'm not. Like I trying to give advice sh- on how to get away with the crime. No. But just don't even bring your phone. Right. But that's the thing, though, is when you're looking... Everybody does. Circumstance... Well, most people do, yeah. and especially if it's not planned. Right. But circumstantial evidence is funny because not bringing your phone when you're not at home is also... Suspicious. Suspicious. That it never left... When they know you you, went somewhere. Right. You know. So that is also suspicious. You know, you could say, well, I forgot my phone. Well, how often do you forget your phone? Right. Like, pretty much never. And you go back for it. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) So. Most people now are very attached to their phones. Right. I mean. It's directions. It's you know emergency assistance well, like, it's I, like I do every... a lot of gig work so like I can't even work if I don't have it right I can't literally can't your calendars on your yeah. phone your schedule your just everything and this was yeah. only seven years ago so it wasn't right. I mean all that stuff was pertinent seven years ago oh yeah um so anyhow he was uh Pierre Collins was arrested about three days after they found the body, so they found it on April eleventh. So he okay. was arrested around the fourteenth of April. He did try to deny it initially, but I think once the police kinda laid it out for him and he realized how much evidence they had, he did finally admit to it. Um he of course, you know, they wanted to avoid a trial and um, they offered him a plea bargain. Oh. Now, one nice thing to note is the Liberian mother, They, um, some of the Liberian communities raised money for her to buy her a plane ticket and lodging and accommodation so she could come to the United States for his funeral and for the court oh, proceedings. That's great. So she did come, Good. come to Minnesota for that so some of the uh proceedings were a bit delayed until she was able to get here um and she was devastated even though you know he lived in a different country you know right. she and she even said you know if he was bothering you so bad right. why would she's like you should have just sent him back right you know like i would have taken him back right and uh but that wasn't it he needed the money well right but 
they so they ended up offering him a plea bargain of forty years with a full confession. Oh, that's and good. I don't think it was like forty years with no parole. I think he oh. has the possibility of parole because to me, if they don't say without right. parole, then it usually implies that they can be paroled. Right. So it does. in um, Minnesota, that's I in Minnesota generous. honestly has for murder. I feel like we have really. Generous, Black. generous. Yeah, our sentencing it can is, be really weird. It is like sometimes there'll be cases where you feel like it was it was like an accidental death. Okay, life, no parole, and then sometimes uh-huh. it's a it's a case where you know something like. Um, well, in this case, they said that part of the reason they. Gave him like that kind of a deal is because oh. he had no criminal history. Well, so but. if I have no criminal history, I don't have a criminal history. So what should that... I don't understand why that factors in so much. I mean, with a murder. With a murder. With a specifically, murder. Yeah. Specifically with a murder. Yeah, if it's because, something else, I understand, but not for oh, a murder. Oh, it's not my second murder, so I should be, you know... Right. I should get a better deal. I mean, but okay... I think the confession was really important, but unfortunately, so he took the deal well, yeah. for the, the 40 years, and that's the thing, too. So he's 33 at that time. In, right. In uh, 2015, he was 33. So he's about my age. Yeah. Um, and, or now he is, I should say. Yeah. But uh, he would be 73 when he got out but then if he gets paroled he'll get paroled after 20 years so if 20 yeah 20, 20 25 he could be years. out in like 10 years yeah at the age of 50 50s yeah. and so he could still have you know 20 30 Time. years of freedom right so I, I personally think he could have easily been charged with first degree murder because here's the thing his conf- so his confession this is what he says happened Right. He says that when Barway got off the bus or the van, whatever, he went out and was playing with his friends and he was not allowed to do that. He said Barway had to immediately come into the apartment. Why? That's just what he said. Okay. And he said when Barway finally came in the apartment, he said he was mad that he was out playing without permission. I think he was kind of like... I'm sure he was abusive. Right, in general. And so to him it was like, this is the rule, you broke the rule. He claims he was so angry that he just punched him and he knocked him out. What kind of cheese? Yeah. Like, that's a whole lot better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm not laughing because it's t- funny. Well, it's no, just... it isn't, but it's the whole... Like, he thought that was... I mean, what, what kind of better story is that? <laughs> well, apparently he thinks... I think he's trying to make it more like I didn't plan any of it. It just oh, was all, okay. you know, out of this. I was enraged. Right. Like, and okay. So, I get for his case of the premeditation and the first degree. Right. But even, even so, the plea bargain, even if he admitted to premeditation, right. the plea bargain was still going to be in place. They're not going to revoke the plea bargain right. if he says suddenly that it was premeditated. Right. So, unfortunately, I don't think he told the truth. 
No. Because he says then he loaded him up in the car and brought him and threw him in the river while he was unconscious. So he wasn't even, according to him, he was not dead when he threw him in the river. He was just unconscious. When he could have brought him to a hospital, he could have left him outside a hospital and walked away. Well, I mean, he said that. But that that, isn't what happened. We know he was And he said he was scared that Barway would have, like, turned him in for hitting him. Well... And so it's like, so you think killing him is, is a better, is better option? Solution. Like, would you rather get in trouble for child abuse, or would you rather get in charge, in charge with a murder? Right. It's right. like, like if, that doesn't make sense. I think maybe he counted on the fact that his body would never be discovered. Right. Which, it's like he didn't weigh it down or anything. So I don't know why he thought it wouldn't be discovered. He was not again a criminal. He was not a criminal no. mastermind. I think he just really underestimated the police. Right. I think he just didn't realize. Or, or maybe in his culture, you know, policing is different. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just out on a limb here. Maybe that's his idea of the police. That, For sure. That mm-hmm. you know he could get away with this. Just from his past experiences. Did they ever find a cause of death? No. They never actually did. They, So it was something that... It was not blunt force trauma. I mean, even... It could very well be that he knocked him unconscious and threw him in the river. Oh. That very well could have been what happened. But wasn't there blunt force trauma somewhere then if he knocked well, him unconscious? Well, not necessarily if he punched him in the face. I suppose, but the other thing is, uh, my, I mean, I would, wouldn't you think, like, asphyxiation somehow? Yeah, and that can be hidden. Right. I think there's a misconception that the hyoid bone all, always, always gets broken, broken, but that's not true. It's not true, no. Um, and in children, there's a, some variation in a child. I don't know exactly what that is, like, in right. the medical sense, but in terms of, like, their development, I, I don't know. Do they test them for poison, or... I mean, I think at that point, knowing that he killed him... It didn't matter I don't know that it really mattered. Um, But unfortunately, you know, the plea bargain was supposed to be so he told the truth. And he didn't. And he really didn't, because the the life insurance stuff is too big of a coincidence. Right. It is. Like, really, you're going to kill your kid for 30 grand, essentially, because... 30 grand? That's yeah. That's unbelievably low. That is, like, oh I mean, honestly, that 30 grand in the... Why like would if you, you even... It, even back in 2015, that's just not that much money. It isn't. Especially with the cost of things these days. I know it just felt isn't. desperate, but geez. I mean. Get a job! <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like a one of, you know. And I, or, get a job, people. But you yeah. know what I mean? But or do something. I would imagine he qual- maybe qualified for assistance. Right. With all those kids in the house. Wouldn't you, say, wouldn't you tell the court, I have no job. And then they do something with the, you know, reduce yeah. the child support or something, or I don't, I don't know how that works, but you would imagine that there would be. And back in 2015, it might not have been as easy to get a job as it is now, because right, right now the right. job market, there's tons of available jobs. It, that's true. But, you know, there so. might have been a justifiable reason why he wasn't working. But either way, like, you know, he's not the first person to be in that situation. No. You know, he, you, you, unfortunately that's, these things happen to people in life. This is life. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen at any time. I mean, 
No, he isn't the first one. And so he would have been in arrears with child support. Okay. Right. Then you then you ha- then eventually you get a job and you make it up or whatever happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like So life yeah, we'll move on. He ended up uh it was a second degree murder charge. Yeah. And and we see this quite frequently where in order to avoid court, they go after a lesser charge. This and it's a terribly sad story. I just so, yeah, I think... Especially in child murders. It's... And they said they determined he completely acted alone. But who was this uncle? He could... Yeah, that's I... the mystery you of the day. You still wonder who this uncle was. You wonder if there was... Because he had to have done this, like, right when he got home from school. And then... Pretty much. Right. So then you're thinking, if he was with somebody, how was that person completely not involved? Right. That doesn't. Right. Somebody might have gotten away with. And maybe it was him some murder. a friend of his that they didn't know that he was friends with. Right. You know, but then you'd think his cell phone would have indicated who it was. Maybe. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that part was odd. Um, or maybe he was, you know, standing near somebody who he thought was, you know what I mean? Sure. Saw a car that he thought might have belonged to somebody they knew, and it wasn't. Who knows? Yeah. Well, so now he is in jail at this very day, or in prison, I should say. Well, he belongs there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of uh, Little Barway Collins. Oh, so sad. And, of course, the Liberian community was really upset because they felt like it reflected badly on them. And it was just a bad like, person. I know, and that's something, you know, that's sad because when a white person commits a crime, we don't say well that makes you know white people look bad you don't really hear that no and it's it's just because it's the minority culture i think in minnesota so you know i mean it it, these things happen in all cultures you know either you're a bad person or you're not you know (laughs) or you commit a bad crime or or you didn't you know what i mean like i think father killing their own son is a pretty rare yes crime it is i think oh i mean it happens but it's not you don't hear about it a ton no i mean fortunately i have heard about it i've I've heard of other cases well yeah they exist but for sure it's not the norm no so yeah i thought it was good um actually our cousin kelly leo kelly yes we call him kelly but his name's um, leonard yes he uh is the one that suggested this case yes well thank you thank you kel all right well uh that wraps it up another exciting episode of bleak 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 (laughs) are you a bleakazoid or a bleak freak. <laughs> I always forget that there are two, two options. Maybe we could, if we get enough listeners, maybe we can get some merchandise or something. <laughs> that would be great. Yes. yes. We did have a listener in what was the country again? Somewhere, somewhere in the Somewhere I've ma- never heard of, like Osmos or Osmos? Uh, Omen. Omen. That Omen. was it. Omen. Yeah. yeah. Omen. Omen. Yeah, so, yeah. Shout out to the listener in Omen. Omen, yes. <laughs> and it's Oman, or is it Omen? I'm just. I mean, in America, we would probably pronounce it Omen. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just gonna go with gonna that. Go with that. Now, yeah. I, now I have to figure out where the where this country is. Yeah. 
you know, my research brain, who the the people of the country do we want to visit? I don't know that we want to visit. No offense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. We love your we love your country. We love all the countries. Yes. Well, there's a couple right now that I'm not thrilled with, but <laughs> but it's not the people. It's the dictators. Anyway. Well, we hope that's a topic for a different show. We hope you keep listening and <laughs> keep it real. We don't know when our next episode will be. Probably after the holidays, sometime. Yeah. But we're gonna hopefully be a little more consistent. Yeah. But I would rather have like a high quality episode where we actually have done our research than like just try to throw together something just for the sake of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd rather, you know. I'd rather do episodes when we're actually prepared. I don't know. I'm more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person, and you're more of a preparer in that respect. I, I just guess. like to have good research. I yeah, know. I do too. I mean, so far a lot of the cases that I have done, I've heard of or knew about already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it will be fun to eventually find a case that I haven't heard of and that I have to actually well, do a lot of. And like Barway Collins, when Kelly first suggested it to me, I said, I was like, oh, I've not heard of that I one. Know. But immediately when I started looking it up, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. And there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. So even though you might know like the gist of it. I didn't know anything about, you know, the, I didn't know about the insurance. Why haven't they done any specials on that or any... I don't know. Just some cases just don't get the attention. That's true. For whatever reason. I, you know, I hate to say it, but it could be that he's a minority immigrant. Well, I don't you know? think that should have anything to do with it. I don't either, but, you know, that could be. So Well, and he's he's in jail, so who would there be? Oh, the police. They could interview the police. Yeah. But there's there isn't in in the country there's not you know another parent or somebody who could literally there are no this difficult. case has not been covered by any podcast no so no first time yeah right yeah. here I believe you heard it here first yes <laughs> <laughs> all right good day good day everybody take care bye bye bye.